Welcome to One Tired Teacher, episode 152. Is play an essential aspect of a child's learning process in school? That is the question that we are going to look at today. We are going to talk about children's play. You see, most educators have a kind of a love-hate relationship with this word. We are often told to add more rigor to our lessons and be on the exact same page as the, at the exact same time as our coworkers down the hall. Ah, I despise that. <laughs> it drives me crazy. We're also often told that play in school is a bad thing. This is not true. There is a real world value to play. Through play, children have the opportunity to make sense of the world around them. Plus, it is developmentally appropriate. Play has also been known to bring joy. And who doesn't need a little more joy in their lives? I know I do. All right. So if you want to hear some more about why this is so essential, I hope you stick around. Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is, wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? She, she is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Debery. Hey. So, I am on a soapbox today talking about children's play. I kind of, like, I just can't help myself. It's just, it's so important. And when you've watched children for so long, you realize how important it is. I know when I was in the classroom, one of my favorite times of the day was actually recess. What? I know that sounds crazy, doesn't it? But one of the things I loved about recess was that I had the ability to watch children interact with other children. I watched how they solved problems. I watched how they thought about what they were going to do next. I watched them imagine. I watched them create. I watched them work through social dynamics. So much information, people. When they used to want to do these rotations where they would have the para take the kids out for recess and like we'd have to eat lunch or something with the kids. I did not want that. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let someone else watch them eat. I don't need to see them eat. I need to see them play. I need to see them interact with one another. I need to see who stays behind and just wants to talk to me the whole time. There's so much information that you can get just watching them play. So play is really important. And I want to talk about that today. Now I go deeper into play in one of my lessons inside of Mastering Makerspace, which is my Makerspace course, which is opening the door soon. Woo and I really talk about it because I feel so strongly about it. And I think it's really important. But I'm going to give you some of that information today as well. But before I do that, I want to tell you that I I do have a free masterclass. Yes, you heard me right. I have a free Makerspace masterclass. It is opening. The first day available is Ju January, I almost said June, January 22nd, which is a Saturday. I have a time, a different time on the 22nd, the 23rd, the 24th, and the 25th. So you can pick one of those days. It's the same masterclass. It's every classroom needs a Makerspace 
five ideas for integrating makerspace into your instruction. Now, if you've been to my masterclass where I've talked about every classroom needing a makerspace, then you might think, oh, I don't need to go to that. I've already heard it. But I put a little fresh twist on it. And instead of talking about some of the ways of getting it set up, I talked about some ideas that you could use it in your classroom to integrate. Because so many people have said to me, they don't know how they would fit it in. They don't know how they would have time. And I want to show you that you can do it. It can be done. In fact, if you were listening last week when we came back on the air after two months of taking off and Happy New Year to those of you that didn't didn't catch episode 151, I talked about reading this really great book called Loose Parts and I love it and it, it is so good and it's really breaking down the essentials of the parts that you can use or materials that you can use inside of a makerspace and that you don't have to limit your space, which I talk about in Mastering Makerspace as well, because this is more of a mindset. It's not it's not based on the materials or the parts or the space. It's based on the mindset that children can be innovative and creative and explore and dream and wonder and Ah, and like we 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 go for that curiosity. So it's a different way of thinking for sure. And I know there's lots of talk about inquiry based, but I don't think we're doing some of those things. So this is actually how to do some of that thinking. And it, yes, it's a little bit of a pushback. Not a little, it's a pushback. I'll give you standards, I'll give you justification, I'll give you research, you'll be able to defend it. But it's a, it's a pushback on a system that is currently making children very unhappy. And I know you don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of that. We want kids falling in love with learning. So that's what we're going to be talking about for the next month or so, really focusing in on makerspace and, and that mindset. And then we'll take a dive into some other areas, but that's what we're going to talk about in January. So I hope that you will stick around each week and, and take a listen to some of those things. So let's talk about play. All right. So play, play is the way that children work through their lives. This is when they get a chance to try on different roles. They get a a chance to be different people or even be themselves in a safe environment. They have the opportunity to work through social and emotional issues. They have the ability to work through social norms. And I think it's so fascinating when you watch children play. Like I said, when I watched them play at recess, I got so much information and it was just such a critical part of the day. And also you, you get a really good sense of how kids feel about themselves, their self-worth, their their self-esteem. And these are important things to know about kids, especially when we're talking about reluctant learners. Are reluctant learners reluctant players? that's a question. That's something you can address. That's something you can look at. That's something you can notice. And you're going to start to notice a lot of these things when you really pay attention. I mean, I know it's fun to go out there sometimes with your colleague and chit chat on the sidelines and not really pay as much attention as we know that we should. And then your principal comes along and maybe that just happened to me. But um, and I it is important. It is important for adults to have a little bit of downtime, especially teachers having that 
downtime where you you can kind of like regroup. I used to tell my kids, go play, go play, because I needed a little bit of a break. And even if I was out there by myself, I just needed to stand there by myself for a second, because I could kind of tune out the the chatter that was going on on the playground, but I, I needed like a little bit of a break. So that's completely understandable. You've got to do that as well. I'm not telling you not to do that. I think it's important. But I also think it's important to start to notice and make observations and really pay attention to what's going on with kids while they're playing. I, th- I think it's I think it's really critical and I'll give you some very valuable information. Play really is one of the reasons that I love Makerspace so much because it can feel like play. In anything that feels like play, kids want to do more of. I used to have these um, these centers, and I call them smart stations, and they were broken into Howard Gardner's multiple intelligence theory, like with people smart and self smart and music smart and logic smart and so on. And we would do these at the end of the day, and kids got a good chance. They became very had a very metacognitive type of relationship with these areas. And I think this would have been such a great time to incorporate makerspace. And I it would have fit it would have fit in so many different smarts. So I would I might have just had like little stations inside the makerspace or makerspace area where the kids could like think about think about those different smarts. But anyway, it felt like play. They felt like we were playing at the end of the day. We weren't playing. We were learning. We were exploring. We were creating. We were building. We were doing all kinds of really cool activities. And they were learning, but they felt like they were playing. So they were excited about it. It was a big deal to them. It ended the day so well. So when it feels like play, kids are all about it. Now, <laughs> I warn you, I could talk about this topic for like hours. And I mean, it, it, I can get on a soapbox for sure, because I really believe in play that much. And when I was getting my national board certification in 2003, I actually got a perfect score on the children's play question. And I will never forget that. Because if you've ever gone through national boards, oh my goodness, it's a massive amount of work. And I I did early childhood generalist, and it was crazy hard. And for some reason, the areas that I felt like were my strengths, which were teaching reading and integrating science, I had a harder time on the reading questions and the reading part than I did on children's play. And I thought, well, that's interesting. But it's because of I have a, socio, a socio, sociology degree. I have a bachelor's in sociology degree as well. And I think it's that sociological kind of sociological kind of aspect of play that fascinates me so much and why I understand the value. And I think it's important that we all understand the value. Okay. So again, I want to remind you that... Um, that this is an important conversation and that yes, I do continue talking more about this inside Mastering Makerspace, but I want to share with you a little bit right now. So let's get down to business or let's start playing. <laughs> First of all, play is important. Play is an essential aspect of the learning process. Play is how children can learn to take control of their learning and their lives. It is actually how they better understand the world around them. And just think We have taken so much play out of the classroom. 
that makes me so sad when I think about all the little kitchens and all the little dramatic play areas that have been removed from the classroom and we're no longer doing play in kindergarten and we only are doing play in pre-K and barely that. It's just, oh, it's heartbreaking. In fact, one, one, when I was the student support specialist in my last school, this was several years ago, there was a student in pre-K that everyone was concerned about. They were concerned about his behavior. So I went in to do an observation and kind of see what was going on. And I realized really quickly that he wanted to play. For goodness sakes, he's four. And I don't even think he, he was probably just four. So he just wanted to play. They were learning about shapes and they were sitting in a circle and they were doing some shape work. And so I was like, all right, well, the objective is, is that they understand the differences between a square and a circle and a triangle. And I don't remember what else. I don't have the curriculum down for pre-K, even though I should since it was nationally certified in early childhood. But um, <laughs> when you don't use that a lot, it doesn't, you know, I never taught pre, I've never taught pre-K. Anyway, so I was like, okay, this is the objective. I want to do the same thing using play. So we were in the, like in the play area with like the dramatic things like the dolls and the blocks and the trucks and things like that. And so I asked him to go find something that looked like a circle. So he went and grabbed a ball, which is, you know, a sphere, he brings it back. And I'm like, Oh, this is such a good, you know, this is such a good beginning of understanding what a circle is. And then I found something that was flat, I can't even remember what it was. And I'm like, Oh, it was a well plate, which is, a, you know, not completely flat flat it still has three dimensions but it has a circle it has the shape of a circle on the face of it and so then we looked at that and then we looked for squares and he was able to do it so he was actually understanding the objective he was meeting the objective he just was doing it in a different way he just couldn't sit still in the middle of a circle and point to things we have to consider these different ways of learning and not immediately assume that there's something wrong with those students he was doing what what natural what we naturally want to do as children, especially as four year olds. We want to play. I think we want to play as adults. So I think that's an important thing to remember too. I think you've got to think about this for yourself. Like, how do you feel when it's all work and then you go home and you do more work and then you have housework and you've got cooking and kids and work, 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 work. We need to play. No matter what that looks like as an adult, and I don't know what about you, but who doesn't love a good board game now and then? And there's other ways of playing, you know, you're running, you're skipping, you're jumping. There's just so many important ways of playing, even for us. In one study that I found in Joel Ying's 2019 article, The Decline of Play, Peter Gray, Ying spoke of the skills that children actually learn through play. So he talks about skills that kids are actually gaining as a result of playing. And these include the ability to problem solve with creativity, imagination, and innovation. He also talks about the skills kids learn about getting along with others, all the social and emotional skills they learn, such as persistence and collaboration, and especially risk-taking skills, which can be so important because as we go along in the grades, the kids stop taking risks. They start to doubt themselves and they're afraid of failure. And they have a fear of failure when we what we want is for them to work through productive struggle and understand that failure is just part of the process. It helps us to learn what we need to learn. So these are really important. And play can be a safe place to take risks. 
all the skills that make our children employable in the future and make them better human beings are skills that they can learn and gather through play. The thing that bothers me the most is that what we've been told about play, we've been told it's so bad, and we've been told that for so long that we have started to believe it. Now there are actually studies out there that say we need the play. We need to bring play back. It is important. And, and I know even when I first created my first makerspace in, in a school long ago, I had people say, well, they're just playing. They're down there playing. But we have to think about our why. My why was to get kids in my media center and to keep them there and to want them, and then for them to want to be there and for them to stick around and listen to my interactive read alouds and then look up something on the computer. All of these little seeds were planting ideas of research and growing and thinking and learning and it worked. And it all started off looking like play, but that's okay. What if we added some of that back in? What could we do? What would that do for our children? This is where I think makerspace can really come in. Makerspace can feel like play and it should feel like play. Kids respond better to learning when it's fun. No, that doesn't mean you have to dress up in costumes, although I did and it was a blast. It was like playing for me. It was so fun. I used to be a spy and we'd do, we'd actually do test prep as spy recruits and that was made it so much fun. I was Queen Grammatica, the cap, the capital cop, punctuation prowler, so fun. But there are things that we can do to make things feel more fun. So you don't have to do that. We can still make things fun. Here are some play principles to keep in mind when thinking about makerspace and materials that we can use inside of a makerspace. All right, so let's talk about some principles of play. One of them is to limit the restrictions. So when you're trying to add some of these elements or principles of play into your day, start thinking about how you can do that. What would that look like if you were able to limit restrictions? Maybe that means that kids have more choices or we have more open-ended assignments and we're not all making or creating the exact same thing. We are allowing them to come up with their own ideas. Or number two is another principle of play. Involve children in using, planning, and building spaces and learning. So again, when you start thinking about creating a makerspace or a space in your classroom or even an area that you're going to take outside of your classroom, allow the kids to have a say in this. Allow the kids to be part of the planning process. You will have such a different experience if you do. Another principle of play that you can incorporate is blurring the lines between inside and outside. This is one of my favorites, especially in Florida, because it's easier for us to go inside and outside most of the year, except for it is really hot. But we don't have snow days, so you know we have a little bit of a different. We do have lots of rain, and we have you know storms and things like that. But kind of blurring the lines. I used to love to take my kids outside to write. I love to take them outside as scientists and they could gather information and record observations. And when you start blurring the lines between inside and outside, it makes it feel more fun. Also, another principle of play is to create a lab-like environment. That's where I love things like makerspace or innovation labs or, you know, you know, 
the light bulb lab that Lily from Lily's Purple Plastic Purse had. I love that in Mr. Slinger's classroom. If you know what I mean, you are excited right now. And if you're like, what is she talking about? Go read Lily's Purple Plastic Purse by Kevin Hankins. Oh, so good. One of my favorites. Another way to build and play is to solve real life problems. And this is where STEM comes into play. When we're looking at at science, technology, engineering, math, and we're looking at real world problems, we're getting kids to think like scientists and engineers, and we're getting them to think about solutions to problems. And that can be really powerful. And it's necessary and important. We need it. Another principle of play is to allow children to learn through experimentation. When kids are able to experiment and see what works and doesn't work and then apply what doesn't work, like change it, revise, this is when the magic happens and it feels like they're having fun. Anytime I've done hands-on kind of science experiences, experiences or makerspace extensions, kids have been smiling and laughing and creating and thinking and having a blast. Another element of play that we can bring into our classrooms is to use a variety of approaches to different materials that we can use. And whether that be cardboard or toothpicks or sticks and rocks and leaves and acorns and pine cones. It can be lots of different things. And kids love to gather that those kind of materials. I'm telling you, when I did a rocks and soil unit every year, my kids would go crazy over c- collecting a rock collection. They And then they would bring me really cool rocks for years to come. I had a massive rock collection. I don't even, can't even believe I got rid of that. I don't even know where that is. I wish I did though, because kids love it. Another element of play is to just add water. Water is so, can be so fun for kids. I swear I feel like they, it's like my dog, Kobe. He is a puppy and he absolutely adores water. Like anytime water is on, he just goes crazy. That's what I feel like my kids used to do. I would add water to something and, you know, it was a mess and you can do this outside. This is when the lines can easily get blurred. It's so much better outside because then you have a mess outside and not in your classroom. But you add water and it brings on this whole new element. You know, that's why they have water tables and things like that. Also, another principle is to use what you have. So use the materials that you have around you. Use the things that you have around you. You have so much more than you think you do. And then finally, play. Let the kids play. You want to give them the opportunity to explore. And sometimes we need to give them like, you know, five or 10 minutes of free choice exploration so that they can think and they can like learn through play. So it's really important. All right. There are a great deal of books and articles written on play. And one such book is a is a book that I love. And it's the one that I talked about earlier in its loose parts. So you might want to grab it. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. This book goes hand in hand with Makerspace and allowing children to make choices and to grow emotionally and academically. Love, love, love it. Play is essential to the growth of our children. How can we bring some of that back into our classroom? I'm going to discuss this further in my live Makerspace Masterclass. I hope that you will come join me. I don't even know if I told you about it. I meant to tell you about it. And then I kind of got sidetracked. So I'm having, oh, I did tell you. And I how I changed the title. So you can find that at trinadeberryteachingandlearning.com 
forward slash makerspace class, all one word, makerspace class. And actually, if that's confusing, if you just go to my website, trinadavryteachingandlearning.com, you go to courses, you will see, I think it's the first one. I'm redoing my website, so don't judge. And um, and you should be able to find that free course. I'm going to, I'm doing it four live sessions in the next week. And then I'm going to be opening my doors to Mastering Makerspace, which is my Makerspace course. So if you are thinking, I want to, I want to be involved with Makerspace, I want to make that change for 2022. I hope you will join me. But before that, come to my free masterclass, see what it's all about. You, again, trinadeveryteachinglearning.com forward slash Makerspace masterclass. Until next week, sweet dreams and sleep tight. Mm-hmm.